Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me always is James, Brad, Brad. James. Guys, you're both here. You pointed at me first. Yeah. Whatever. How, how's it going, guys? I'm all right. You all right? <sighs> yeah. What's wrong, guys? Seriously. Well, um, I've had a I've had a tough week. I uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not you know not sleeping real well. You know I I recently. You know, my, my CEO, wonderful guy, has really invested in me. Um, and I just, I recently, like, took the wrong side of a bet. Um, and I just, I just regret it constantly. What bet did you lose? Well, I wasn't even on the wrong side of the bet. We were in St. Louis, and we were in two different cars, and my driver bet that he could beat him back, and I was in the car that ended up winning. And, you know, it's me, so it's like a laid-back me, and we got there, and... I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we just had a nice little drive. But what, what he heard was like, well, fuck you. We didn't even try. Yeah. So uh, so I don't understand what's happening. Shitty. Oh, nothing. Yeah, that's a horrible story. It gives me a hard time. So that's I, why you I, had a hard I'm week? Just, I'm, just, I'm just sad all day. Is because your boss is like, you beat me in a race. Yeah. You know what my boss said to me? What? Hurry the fuck up. Your restaurant looks like shit. <laughs> just kidding. That was a lot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm good. I stayed up too late on Monday. And because yeah. I'm 31, it hurts. I know. Yeah. Doesn't it suck? <laughs> Yep. So well, why'd, you, why'd you stay up so late? Uh, I think I was playing around with the DVD stuff or something. Mm. I remember. I've got like five projects going on at the same time that I can't. I remember what I was doing. I have to go look at my blog. <laughs> see what I wrote down. <laughs> you're just like you're just constantly blogging so that you keep track of what it is you're doing. Yeah, like, I can look at it right now. So Let's you could see. really use that thing that Michael Keaton has in Multiplicity, the, all his clones, and they do all like his mundane work. So you need one of those. <laughs> you know, if there was a multiplicity of me, I would be the last link. <laughs> and the clones would be the better ones. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. They would only get better. Every let's, week let's, here let's, at The Real Nerds, besides every guy being like depressed and shit, <laughs> fuck. Look at me, guys. Happy as a lark. You know how many days? I worked six days last week. I haven't had a day off since Saturday. And then on Saturday, I had to deal with work stuff. But look at me. High as a kite. No, I'm fine. I really am fine. I just, I, yeah, I was required to, uh, to apologize on the internet. So, hmm. You should never apologize yeah. on the internet. Fuck the internet. <laughs> it's full of idiots. Having said that, thank Not you for down- the downloading no, our the Real internet, Nerds yeah. podcast. <laughs> Every week, the Real Nerds, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we went and saw 300 Rise of an Empire. I, I thought it just sounded cooler as Jason Statham said it. He does make things sound cool. He does. This movie should have had Jason Statham. Uh, that would have been sweet. Say, talk about the Holocaust, but with Statham's voice. Whoa. A lot of times, people think that the Holocaust was a bad idea. Oh, and no. I call those people the world. But when you're part of the Nazi party, and you're Adolf Hitler's hand-picked successor, like me. That is pretty cool. I think I want to get recruited. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no. Dude, I should make a Nazi movie where Jason Statham is, like... Hitler's bodyguard, but the only reason he's Hitler's bodyguard is because his wife was Jewish and his kid, and that Hitler killed him, so he has to do whatever Hitler says, but then he's secretly plotting against Hitler, and then at the end they have like this huge fight where Jason Statham rips off his shirt, and they fight in butter or something, because it's slippery. I don't know, whatever happens in Transporter, but we'll call it the Nazi Porter. I I, hold, hold on a second. He should I, have have any- to, I have to rewind and delete everything you just said, because we don't want anybody to steal that fucking brilliant idea <laughs> he should have a uh, bald eagle tattooed to his chest oh, that'd be sweet oh, yes but he has to hide it and, like sometimes there's a scene where like like his shirt's a little bit open and there's the weird like the weird german guy but he's only got no. like one eye and he sees it and he's like you you've got a bald eagle tattooed on your chest don't no, you guys no. what is that, that is that a, a bird yeah <laughs> he has to kill that guy in the closet somewhere no, that could be a, a german eagle. bird he, he has one of those um concentration camp tattoos he escaped from it no, he does, and because he lost his daughter in uh, 
son at a concentration camp. He escapes and pretends he's SS to get closer to Hitler. And everyone thinks Hitler, you know, killed himself. But Jason Statham actually, like, destroyed him. Yeah. And then he, that's why he rips off his shirt. And he's like, I want you to take a good look at this tattoo. What? And and he didn't like you know Hitler didn't actually like you know have his body burned or whatever in a pit. It was that they fought in the butter, and then there was like and then and like a light something lit the butter on fire. Oh, and so, fuck yeah! Like it doesn't have to be it was butter. Like, could be yeah. It was like it was like you know he's running around in butter that's just underneath flaming. the butter was gasoline. Yes, <laughs> it was high petroleum butter. And then when Jason Statham before he lights him on fire, he turns his back to him and like lights a cigarette and he goes, "You're fired." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good! I I could ride a Jason Statham vehicle, guys. I could ride him. Yeah. To see what Jason Statham vehicles I have watched this week, stay tuned for what we've been watching. We also talk about comic books. I have a comic book for us this week. Oh. Um, or did you have one? I got one too. Yeah, fuck you. It's my show. All right, fine. Um, we also do box office numbers, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, real news. Did anybody die this week, or is because James no. going to bring this fucking podcast down? No, nobody died. Good. And yeah, I mean, and some then, people died, but only people that apparently you don't care about. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just do a podcast about movies. Let's do a podcast about movies. We should. Okay, let's do one. Now, there normally we do um, fan mail. There is no fan mail. Nobody likes us. That's just a bad time of year. The nobody, only fan mail really I got really... in celebration of Batman's seventy fifth anniversary. Denver Comic-Con has announced the people we knew they would announce, Adam West. But that's not it, guys. Burt Ward, the boy wonder, and Julie Newmar. Catwoman will be there. She's pretty sexy, man. I hope she still looks hot. When I did um, Aaron Gray's panel last year, she still looked pretty good for being like 67, 66. Mm -hmm. If I was, you know, unmarried, I'd try to nail her. There were uh, were a couple more this week, too. Um, Kevin Conroy will be there. Yeah. Yeah. We love the animated series. I keep on thinking of what I want him to um, sign, and man, I don't know. I should try to find like a animated series poster or something. It'd be awesome if we could get him to inter- introduce the show because his voice is Batman in my head. Yes. Oh like, man, that would be awesome! Right? I know. Like, oh no, we're gonna I'm do Batman. it. We're gonna You're do it. Listening to the real. That's oh, that that's, so that's cool. my goal. I'm gonna go through everybody's because we didn't take advantage of it last year with our press passes. I'm gonna go to everybody's like booth, and I'm gonna talk to their handlers. I'm like, they should be on our podcast. They should be on our podcast. We talked about how much we love um, the the animated series. I think I even wrote a. You know, I'll rewrite it. I think it was on our Tumblr. Account. You did a best episode. So I yeah. did best episode, so I might put it up again. Yeah. Um, just to re- solidify that Kevin Conroy is back as Batman. You could even try to get him to sign the games or something. Yeah. Arkham games. I- I'm going to have to think of something. It'll be sweet. Yeah. I'll yeah. definitely uh, push to do his panel as well. Brad, you should do a panel. You should do Kevin Conroy's panel. Uh, You'd be good at it. I, you think I can talk to a crowd? You it's not yeah. You're not talking to a crowd. You're talking to a dude. And then you're just pointing at people in a crowd. Hey, you, sir, if James can do, which one did you do? Uh, Craig Ferguson. No, not Ferguson. Um, I've met him though. He's cool. Uh, Craig, uh, Kilborn. No, God damn it. <laughs> um, it's like Ferguson, but it's not. Um, fuck. The dude from Eureka. Yeah, but Wait, James did a great a job. I can't remember that at it, and he didn't even really know. I had that to do guy. another one. I just last year they sort of sprung him on us, and mm-hmm. you're better at things they spring on people. Yeah, I'm more of an improv guy, but. Yeah. Yeah, I fell apart at a meeting with like seven people yesterday, <laughs> and I had time fell, to prepare. You just fell apart? Like yeah, you just it, ran out it of the came around to me, and then I was like, it, "All I had to do was talk about myself." And I was like, uh, 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 "I'm sorry, I, I can't do this." And then it's funny we did run into Sam from Denver Comic Con at Anime Land Wasabi, mm-hmm. and we mentioned Adam West, and he kind of got this look in his eyes. How'd oh. you guys know? We credit. knew. I knew. knew. Yeah, last last <laughs> year they said it was going to be, you know, the the anniversary of Batman and there was going to be sort of a Batman-centric year. And you just kind of, yeah, come on. You're going to go you're, get Adam West. Like. And uh, I think they still have a couple more announcements, too. Tim Sale oh, sure. was announced today. Yeah, yeah, Tim that Sale, that's a great one. About. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely he's a cool Halloween artist. Sign. I wonder if he's going to do any commission. Probably not. He's probably going to sign stuff. No, no. I, I bet he doesn't have time to do a commission. His Green anymore. Goblin's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he draws his Green Goblin a lot like Ditko. Yeah, he's he's going to be one of those th- things like where Fiona Staples was last year, where um, you know, you you sort of have to stand in line to even see her, see him. Um, I wish I could hear Fiona Staples' interview. 
<laughs> I know there is one somewhere in the nether realm. Yep. Anyway, this is the stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. The Book Thief is the big one. My um, wife really wanted to see that, but I'm like, I'm not going to see any Jewish movie. Fuck that. I, oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Hey, she wow. read the book. I should ask her if it's good. Um, if the book is good or if the movie is good. I, have to, uh, uh, the, okay. if she, I think she enjoyed the book. Yeah, I, I was interested in seeing it. Um, Inside Lewin Davis is also coming out this week. Actually, you know what's actually... So, um, Digital Bits usually ranks things based on how they're selling, mm-hmm. right? Um, the thing right after the book, Thief, is actually Barbie the Pearl Princess. Nice. So, I guess we should mention it because somebody gives a shit. The, um, Barbie with the pearl necklace? No, 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 no. Um, James, why don't you tell everybody what a pearl necklace is if they don't so know? Home, Homefront comes out this week. Um, I, hey, have that, I have that pre-ordered. Is, yeah, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> so you can check it off of your... Uh, my statham. I'm almost done with my statham list, guys. I know, you're burning through it. Uh, Out of the Furnace is this week as well. I want to see that one. Um, yeah, yeah, I was interested in it. At least curious. <laughs> I said I wanted um, to see it when it's available on Redbox. I'm only spending a dollar fifty on that movie. <laughs> Something called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutagen Mayhem. Well, I don't know if it's a series or just a collection of episodes or something. It's, it's a collection of episodes. Yeah, it's definitely uh, animated. Or, yeah, one of the animated ones. Um, it's a Blu-ray release of Hatari. Uh, oh, there's a Van Damme movie called Enemies Closer. Nice. So check that out. I watched a Van Damme movie this week. I think that's pretty much <laughs> everything, though. Um, there's a spoof film called The Hungover Games. It's like mm-hmm. the Hunger Games. The Hunger the Games came Handover? out on today on Blu-ray. Not very many Friday Blu-ray releases. I'm trying to really? The, last the Hunger one, Games yeah. came out today on Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. Okay, because we talked about it last week. I guess it was... I didn't realize it was a Friday release, not a Tuesday release. So the last movie they came out on a Friday and it was a Blu-ray. We'll never remember. I'm just curious. No, I know I they do it every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's something way down there that like Brad, for some reason, thinks that we should talk about, but I clearly don't give a shit about it. So. Um, I tuned out before else, so. Inside Lulin Davis. <laughs> of course you did. You fucking jackass. He heard Barbie's Pearl Necklace, and that's all he wanted. Yeah, that's yeah. all. All I mean, I already had it pre-ordered, so I just want to make sure. There's a Blu-ray release of NXS Never Tear Us Apart. Nice. Is mm. that guy dead? It was like a group of dudes. I think it's a re- I think it's a re-release of like a a concert from you know the NXS days. Huh. Maybe you need that tonight. Uh, no. <laughs> nope. I got I it. I will be fine. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. I got it. I, I lived during those times. Well, because yeah. Brad wasn't sleeping. Something about you, James. Are you still just quoting NXS? Because I, I wasn't alive. That makes then. Brad sweat. I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> even born. Doesn't matter. I'm just saying. You listen to music that was before Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You listen to music that people haven't heard outside of the backwoods of Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite band, Backwoods Kentucky Boys. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty. Good. They're not bad. Not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, these are the box office stats. Cool. This is the box office stats. Liam Neeson has won again. You know, it was four weeks in a row, Liam Neeson movie's been number one. What was it they said Son of God would do? $40 million, because yeah. the Christians are stupid. It'll eat all that shit up. Well, they are stupid, but... <laughs> Whoa, now. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, the, the thing is, is when you watched it, it looked like a... The the trailers for it looked like a bad Creed video. It looks like it, <laughs> looked, it really did. You're, you're not lying. Well, it did they really like a made for TV movie? Because, because it, it is was one. Yeah, and people already saw it. Yeah, on Still TV. Twenty eight million dollars. They totally made tons of money off of it. Uh, twenty five. Nonstop was twenty. Oh, that's right. It's Nonstop was double dip right there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Liam that's Neeson dumb. can't stop him. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what the budget is on that movie? On Son of God? No, no. Sorry, no. On Nonstop, fifty five million. Okay, yeah, so they'll, they'll do well. Yeah, it's already made its money back, I think. Uh, no, they're at 36 domestic. Well, I mean, right now. foreign included. Yeah, yeah, if you include foreign, it has, yeah. Yeah, you have to include foreign now. That's where they all make all their bank. Bank, 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 bank. Cool. Yeah, Liam Neeson. He's coming out in another movie pretty soon. Is he? Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, that's right. I keep I forget he's in that. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's hung like an outlaw. Yep. 
This is the stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I've been watching Family Ties. Really? Really? Yeah. I said really first. I I'm was, I was slow to react. I'll talk to our host. What do you want to know about Fuck Family you. Ties, uh, Ryan? Um, is Alex P. Keaton still awesome? He is awesome, yes. I, I, I just remember that I always thought he was one of the coolest characters on TV, and I used to watch it when I was little. I don't remember anything about it, but he used to wear sweaters all the time. <laughs> uh, more like, I've, I'm, I'm in season three right now, mm-hmm. and what I've seen, he mostly wears uh, uh, suits. Yeah, because isn't um, he like a young Republican or something? Yes. Like that's his thing is he's like a young politician or yeah nixon is his idol mm-hmm. he has a picture of nixon on his bedside table um th- i think the most notable thing i've seen is i think the second episode um uh mallory his sister they have a whole episode about their dad works their dad works at the public uh the pbs station mm-hmm. he's a program manager there um and he has this longtime friend who hasn't seen the kids and his family for a long time and they show up for this uh I think they're doing a fundraiser, right? Mm-hmm. Um and this old friend of his finally meets Mallory. For, she's like 14, 15 at this point and uh he starts to have feelings for her and it gets like very sexual assaulty. Ugh. This is the second episode of the show. <laughs> it's very awkward. Um so yeah, she spurns his advances and Is yeah. it supposed to be funny? It uh, there's I guess a, a laugh track to it, so there's supposed <laughs> to be funny parts. But I'm just watching it, being like, "There's no way this episode airs in 2014." Yeah. Um, about an old man's 30, 40 year old friend hitting on his daughter. Um, he gets in trouble and uh, uh, banned from being around them. But mm. I was just like, "Wow, this is not going to be the comedy show I expected." Um, and so most of the first season is a lot of like, uh, dramatic social Hmm. episodes and then two and three get more comedic and obviously, uh, Alex Keaton kind of gets more episodes about him when, uh, I think it was supposed to be about the parents first, but the kids kind of like, uh, Justine Bateman gets more screen time, like more of the episodes become about the kids rather than the parents. I, you know, I vaguely, re- I used to watch it and I thought it was funny. I don't remember anything about the show yeah. except, it's not, you know, the theme song and things like that. Yeah. Nothing about it's too funny. Like it's all pretty corny eighties humor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really edgy about it other than like some kind of, some, like sometimes the, the, uh, story in the show is, you know, uh, a lot of Alex's episodes are about like, uh, girls will date that are like liberal and he can't, <laughs> he'll he'll pretend to be liberal to like get with them and then realize he can't oh, ignore yeah, his I conservative side. Yeah. <laughs> like over and over That's again. That's my only 80s to Democrat <laughs> joke I had. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. That's it for me. That's it? Wow. James, what did you Nothing watch this week? A um, couple things. First I want to talk about uh, I'm, I think I'm all the way caught up on How I Met Your Mother. Um, the most recent one I saw was... Uh, the one where uh, you are you pretty much caught I'm up? Not. Oh, okay. You, so can, can't still, really... you can still talk about it. Sorry. No, I really don't. Because the only reason I want to bring it up is that I think that this show is ramping up to be a, an absolutely amazing final season. Um, what they're starting to reveal to us about um, they're starting to tell us some some future story between Ted and the mother that I'm just. Uh, I th- I think they're going to blow me away. Mm. Um, I, I, I can sort of see the seeds of what they're doing, and it seems really, really cool and exciting. Um, so I'm I'm really loving that show, and hopefully so is everyone else. Um, so uh, I've also been pouring through my uh, my list of shame, mm-hmm. and I got two of them checked off this week. First, I'm going to do the one that, like, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that would be on your list of shame. And then I'll do the one that where Ryan's going to be like, what? Um, okay. So, uh, I watched The Deer Hunter this week, mm-hmm. which I had never seen. Um, and it's really good. Uh, I It's weird It's weird to go back and watch a movie where Christopher Walken is, like, serious, if you know what I mean. Like, he's not... Or he's not playing Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not that caricature. He's even, like... I mean, he still looks like he's from another planet, but he's, like, a handsome alien, you know? Um, no. 
No, like like he when he was young, he was not an unattractive man. He just has a face like, you know, someone from a different like an planet. alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's all tapered weird. Like he's got this real wide top of his head. Like he's this triangle head. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a weird looking guy. Uh, but it's, I, I thought it was a really good movie. I was I was surprisingly it is a good movie. Really interested in those. I haven't characters. seen it in years. Yeah. Do you want to explain to the people what it's about? I, yeah, I guess I should. <laughs> um, it's, it's the weird thing with with doing this is that I just sort of assume that everybody knows the movies I'm talking about. Um, so the Deer Hunter is set in Vietnam, and it, it actually starts with a pretty lengthy sequence beforehand of these guys at home, and one of them is getting married, and the other ones like have their girlfriends or their relationships, and we just get, sort of get to know them, um, and they're all friends. I'm living, I can't remember where, but it's some sort of rural town. Um, I feel like it was East Coasty, um, but they're all friends. They like to go hunting and stuff together, and then it jumps straight into Vietnam um, right before they get captured and and uh, are PO, uh, POWs for a while, uh, and shit goes down. Things are bad for a while. They they experience some pretty horrible things as they try to escape, and they end up sort of getting split up. Um, and uh, Robert De Niro's character gets back to America and realizes that he doesn't necessarily know where all his friends are, and he sort of has to go and find them. And some of them are home but are, you know, in hospitals because they've just been uh, too damaged to really go back to their old lives, and some of them are um, missing even more. And that's all I'll say about the other one. Um but I think it's a really fantastic story, and I really, I did actually like those characters. It, it was funny when I started watching it, I was like, oh man, you can't, it's just depressing. Like, oh, it's such a depressing movie. And it, I think it probably would have been more depressing back at the time when, you know, like right around that war. Now I sort of look at it and it's just a really neat sort of character piece. Um, it's still sad, it's just less. Uh, it's a powerful movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely one that I think people should check out, uh, and the Blu-ray is absolutely gorgeous. Like, I, just actually, the movie in general is absolutely gorgeous. There are these like really long takes and really long shots in that movie. Who directs that movie? Um, oh man, I can't remember. Um, do you remember? No. Yeah, you're just trying to throw me off. Um, I do, but I can't. It's I can't remember off the top of my yeah, head. I'm I'm gonna end up looking it up here as I as I talk about the next thing. Um, so the other thing I watched this week to cross off my list of shame was it was directed by Michael Camino, who I don't remember that name. Or that uh, uh, nope. Anyway, um, it's too bad. He should have been like a Brian De Palma because I think that movie is really gorgeous and really well made. Um, so yeah, what, what, what did he go on to? Magnum Force. I oh, know he was a yep. writer on Magnum Force. He did The Sun Chaser. Oh, and, Sun Chaser, yeah. Uh, the Sicilian. And Heaven's Gate. Forget about it. And Let me into Kevin. To each his own cinema. Um, he Okay, so the problem is he didn't make enough movies. <laughs> like, he made a movie every four to six years. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's too bad. Because he's, yeah, he was super talented. And still is. He made a movie back in 2007. So, um, I bet that one was good, too. But uh, So, the other movie that I watched this week was Airplane. I can't believe you haven't seen Airplane. Because I had never seen what Airplane. What a piece of shit you are. <laughs> um, and I am serious. So, I th- I think, though, that you'll under- saw the trailer at Alamo? Uh, no, no, no. It's been on my list since I started doing this list. Or, hmm. you know, I it wasn't one of my early submissions onto mm-hmm. the list, but it was on my list before they did it at the Alamo. Um, honestly, it was one of those things, like, I didn't want us to talk about too much because I was like, you can't, you know, I can't, I don't want to admit to you guys yet that I haven't seen that movie until <laughs> I movie. see it for the show. Um, I, you know, it's, it's weird because usually those movies for me are not, yeah, they're not my jam. Like, like the Anchorman movies are, f- are less funny to me, the sillier they get. And, and airplane is just that silly. Like oh, it's yeah, constantly, it's you know, that sort of just wacky comedy. stuff. don't that, tell that, me that the white zone is for me to unloading you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, I I did really enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was really funny. You know, it's like a can you even really call it a parody? It's not a parody. Um, uh, it's, yeah, the, it's a parody of there was a bunch of movies in the seventies based about airports. Airport mm-hmm. seventy six six seventy seven seventy seven. They're big. Uh, so yeah, they're parodying disaster airplane movies. Okay, 
And were you shocked I mean, that there's was... nudity in a PG movie? <laughs> there was nudity? Yeah, remember the chick runs past the camera when the plane's going down, her tits are jiggling and... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PG. Man. See? Well, you know, it was... It was, it was back in the <laughs> and day. And I don't want to die a virgin. And then there's like all those dudes in line and a horse. And <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I believe um, they call it yeah. a screwball comedy. Yeah. yeah there's some, there is some pretty uh, like surprisingly crude moments in that movie that I was like, Isn't oh, it weird man, that Leslie is... Nielsen never seemed like he aged? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I think well, he from 1980. I was a big fan of uh, The Forbidden Planet and he's in that. Um, but then it's like, that's the only time he looks young. And yeah. then he just suddenly was this old guy. Um, He's always a silver fox. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. I I enjoyed it. You know, um, I don't know that I I loved it the way that that a lot of people do. But honestly, I think it's a movie that I probably would have had to have seen when I was younger mm-hmm. to really for it to really grab onto me. I bet if I had seen this movie when I was younger, then movies like MacGruber or something like that would really <laughs> stick to me. I'd really be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is you know, I would just get it, and that kind of like just wacky comedy would make would be more fun for me. But um, yeah, still worth it. I like I like checking it out. Um, is there a second one? Is it any good? It is. is yeah, it? they. It's pretty funny. They go onto the they go to the moon on a space shuttle. So there's <laughs> there's those jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, all those going to the moon on a space shuttle jokes. And yeah, there's this joke the where this chick is leaning over, and the computer takes over the space shuttle, and it grows a boner like. A pixelated boner goes. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> there's, there's jokes like that. Is there a second oh, one? It's called Airplane Two: The Sequel, <laughs> and that's a true story. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, that's so, it. Yeah, that's what I watched. Uh, Brad left off what me and him saw on Sunday or Saturday oh, together. That's right. Me and Brad. Oh yeah. Went and saw Anchorman Two, the R-rated, supersized edition. Um, and watching it, you know, it's one of those things where you say, oh, well, I noticed the difference. This movie was way different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the same story beats, but um, but it got rid of the, the Dobie song. Yeah, there's less shark. In less it. shark in it. And they replaced it with this weird song in the middle of the movie. There's a musical number. Yeah. What was it called? Like, Everything is Awesome? Or No, it was about no. being gay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it was called Everything. What movie It's like okay see? to be gay or something. Or mm-hmm. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Steve Carell thought being gay was being Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, there was a... a st- Ryan's just in his chair like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clenching. No, it's all right, because Brick Tamlin's an idiot, so it's all right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a bunch of different takes on the movie. Um, so so a lot of, like, big sequences, like, things like um, like the trailer flipping over at the beginning, is that still there and yeah, still the same? Yeah, but it's way shorter. Yeah. It's okay, way shorter. Yeah. Like, people aren't floating around as much. Are there other gags like that that are inserted in? Ooh. Now you got to be really thinking. Because um, I think my question is, like, the plot is still the same, but yeah. define plot. Because there's only, like, four scenes in that movie that actually dictate the plot. Um, you know, is is the trailer flipping over really... It's, it's yeah. like the same scenes, but people are just saying different things. Like, when, mm-hmm. like before the movie has the opening credit, whatever, title, yeah. um, and Ron Burgundy's, like, giving up his wife and his kid, like... That's an extent. It's like a, almost a five minute thing yeah. about like talking about horse piss. Yeah, you will drink the horse piss. No, Daddy, I don't want to drink horse piss. <laughs> You're gonna grow up, and things are gonna be bad, and it's gonna life's just gonna feed you just a heaping helping of horse piss. No, Daddy, I don't want to drink horse piss. <laughs> and there's over a lot, and over again. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot more of his son. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But it's funny because just like all Will Ferrell movies, like the kids in them aren't very good actors. <laughs> And they're always like looking off camera, being fed lines. <laughs> so, but it's still funny. Uh, the best, I think, actually, the funniest line the kid delivered was uh, they're nursing the shark, and I forget what Christina Applegate. <laughs> oh, she's gonna let it go, and he says, "He says, shut up, bitch." <laughs> yeah. Something to her. It's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it's still you, you funny. drove daddy away, and now you want to g- push away Dobie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's it's really funny. It is definitely longer. Um, it was like two and a yeah, half hours. I know. I thought I was like, is this a three hour movie? <laughs> hmm. um, my biggest thing is if you're going to make a rated R version, put rated R stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, I think they said fuck a couple times. That's basically it. Yeah, uh, so and there's like also the old... a real baby in our theater. Yeah, someone oh, brought right. their a real, real baby. A real baby. I suppose all those times you go to a movie and there's a fake one there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you mean like. It's it's like what they used to do with the unrated versions, where like they put unrated on it, and so that like 
the the teenagers would come in and be like, "Oh man, this one's gonna have boobs," and then they get home and like, "No, nah, just they say fuck twice." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't because you know, Applegate says fuck, fuck like yeah. in the early beginning, and he doesn't mouth fuck you. He just says fuck you. Oh. He actually <laughs> says it. Yeah, um, which actually I think hurts the impact of that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, that's yeah. But there's, there's, it's still funny. I still had a yeah. good time. I don't think the fight at the end is much longer. I think it's about the same. They just have everybody has basically a line. Liam Neeson has one. Um, unfortunately, there's more Kanye West. Mm. <laughs> That's no good. But yeah, there's nothing like super raunchy. It was just mm-hmm. nice swe- more swearing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. So we, me and Brad saw that together. Um, I've also I've been watching. Uh, I watched the whole first season of Modern Family. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show. It's it's pretty oh. brilliant. Is it good? And it's really funny. Uh, they do it kind of like The Office where this camera crew is following around this family. Um, and they do, you know, them explaining what's happening and things like that. Um, the dad, that Phil Dunphy guy, is really funny in it. Uh, <laughs> he says stuff like, uh, I'm, I'm the cool dad. OMG, LOL, which means laugh out loud. Yeah, I do that stuff. I text it. <laughs> there's this one episode where it's his birthday and all he wants is an iPad and he doesn't get it. It's it's ridiculous. It's really funny. Um, so I would definitely recommend checking out that show. Um, I also um, knocked out some of my Jason Statham movies. Um, I, I rewatched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Hell yeah. Which is, is still a really cool movie. Oh yeah. Um, it's funny. Every time I re watch a guy Ritchie movie it takes me about 20 minutes to get back into the the world that he creates mm-hmm. but once he creates it i get sucked in really f- easily um and that movie's cool it's like a it's kind of like a classic crime kind of movie um i had fun watching it um i also watched killer elite which stars jason statham robert de niro and clive owen yeah um, Did you didn't you say that one was really hard to get a hold of? Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. I, I didn't no, want to pay I'm sixteen surprised. bucks for it, and yeah. Amazon always had it on Blu-ray for like eighteen dollars. And I happened to go to Tradesmart last week or sometime, and someone brought in a used copy, so um, I got it. Um, and actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, I can see there's some goofy things in it, but I mean, Jason Statham plays a hitman. And Robert De Niro gets captured, and he is hired by the Sheik to kill British Secret Service agents who killed his his uh, his sons. And so he gets his team together, and they go around trying to kill these um, British Secret Service guys. And it, it's based on a book about this story that supposedly never happened, and it's really interesting. Hmm. Um, Clive Owen is one of the Secret Service guys. Um, Jason Statham is trying to save Robert De Niro and, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, I, I really wanted to watch again with director's commentary, but when I went and clicked on, um, special features, it was deleted scenes and that was the only thing that was on it. Um, so yeah. Hmm. And the last thing I watched was the Expendables 2 again. Um, I still think cool. it's, pre- I still think it's a fun movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and it's even more fun, um, when at the end, Stallone keeps on saying, come on, villain, come on, because the bad guy's name is villain, and it just makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. But oh, man, everybody else says villain until it gets to Stallone at the end where he's kicking his ass and he calls him villain. It's great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I really like The Expendables, too. I, re- I can't wait for Expendables 3. Um, they're just fun action movies and that one's more fun than uh the first one i like the first expendables but expendables 2 is a little more fun mm. it embraces its 80s craziness a little more and you know it's always fun to see a huge gun annihilate people <laughs> <laughs> there's one more <laughs> get him i'll be yeah yeah you'll be back bruce willis just coasting through a roll again yeah yeah that's uh, what i watched this week cool I think I'm down to six Jason Statham movies, which yeah. I'll pick up London tomorrow when I go see Andrew at Colorado Coins on Cards and Comics. And if you're wondering, like, huh, what comic should I read? Well, I'm going to tell you this week. I'm going to tell you what comic you need to pick up. It'll be cheap, I promise. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Um, because I'm such a huge Spider-Man fan, every once in a while there's an issue of Spider-Man that I read that really surprises me. Especially when... 
I'm trying to fill holes in my spectacular Spider-Man run because I have almost every single issue. I'm missing like 10 issues out of 263, and they're always the most random issues, like uh, 94 or something. So um, one of the issues I got, and I never got it when I was always saw it because I thought the cover was really dorky. On the cover, Spider-Man has this kid, and it has Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's like the 80s Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., so they look like G.I. Joe's. And it says, Spider-Man is protecting this kid from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was eh, whatever. Um, so I read a couple issues prior to get me ready for the story again, because it's like basically the third part of a of a story. You don't need to read the other parts, but anyway, it's just to set it up. Uh, in the story, this kid um, is messing around with his dad's microwave ray something i don't know but he has the ability to incinerate people and so his dad is drunk and abusing him and he puts up his hand and he incinerates his dad like turns to ash and then there's a scene in the issue before where his mom is saying oh if i only stood up to my husband my son his son her son runs away after he kills his dad if uh, if i only stood up to my husband my son wouldn't run away oh let me do the only thing i'm good at is cleaning and she vacuums up his ashes <laughs> yeah. are you serious yeah that's actual Holy dialogue shit. in this book um anyways picking up an issue 118 is the one you should pick up um the cover's dorky but ignore the cover um anyways this kid freaks out and he's using his powers against cops but he doesn't want to he's scared um and spider-man uh, tries to calm him down the agents of shield show up and they say hey uh, we're here to police this and if you don't settle down then we're gonna have to use excessive force and spider-man says excessive force he's a kid who's scared he doesn't understand his powers and um so agents of shield unleash mandroids which are people in robot suits and the kid melts one of them um and the the guy gets away and spider-man uh, grabs this little kid named Alex and he pulls him on a roof and he says, Hey man, you know, I went through some tough times too. You got to relax, you know, tell me your story. And the kid tells him his story, what happened. He says, yeah, you know, you've done some bad things. We're going to get you some help. You're going to maybe go to juvenile, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then the, you've turned the page and the kid is gunned down by shield, literally shot like seven times. Holy shit. And, Sweet. and then at the end, and after he's, killed the it's the last page spider-man just picks him up and says alex dot 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 and then the next issue they don't even mention it he's fucking dead <laughs> like the agents of shield assassinated a kid in this book <laughs> oh um, wow it's interesting the the story is really good because spider-man kind of is trying to help this kid and he realizes he can't help him and uh the way it's told peter david wrote it is really good because the uh, when Spider-Man's talking to him on the roof, he his spider sense is going off, and Spider-Man's kind of ignoring it, thinking that it's the kid who's going to try to blast him or something, and it turns out it's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that shot him dead, um, which is really weird that the next issue they didn't deal with Spider-Man confronting anybody, or the next issue he's swinging around town with Black Cat, so I guess it really didn't affect him too much. <laughs> it's a really interesting story, and one that's kind of hidden away, and yeah. you think it'd be more controversial, because they actually show the kid get shot, so... <sighs> There's a panel of the kid, like, his arms are up, and there's bullets going through his body and stuff. And like, Whoa. All right. Yep. So, Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man 118. If wow. you want to read an unusual story, um, you can get it for half off at Colorado Coins or Cards and Comics. I picked it up for $1.50. So. And that's worth it just for that last page. Oh, yeah. So, check that's it out. That's funny. Wow. This is real news. It's real news. Uh, so, just a couple things this week. Um, let's start off. Actually, let's start off with something sort of serious. So, um, we've avoided this piece of news um, because we are, you know, fairly friendly with Denver Comic Con, and I think we just didn't want to necessarily add to the noise, especially when. I don't think that there was a lot of real information out there. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a, a guy who was um, one of the early members of Building Denver Comic Con who issued this sort of complaint, um, and it was like a press release sort of thing, saying that um, he had been pushed out of the board and that they had embezzled all of this money. And it, uh, I'll be honest, when I first read it, um, it did not make a lot of sense to me. Just just following the logic of what he was saying, um, 
and just knowing what we know and, and having the relationships with the people who are, are, you know, sort of running that convention. Um, I think we were all sort of naturally hesitant to believe that any of this was true. Um, so all of that is to say, like we had a pretty good conversation with Sam at the, this, at anime land wasabi last week. Um, I've also, they opened up and, and showed their financials to show like what it is that they're doing. I think the issue here is that people just don't understand really how a lot of nonprofits work. And so it's easy for somebody to come along and like, and, and point out certain things about the way that, that, um, comic book classroom and Denver comic-con is, is functioning. And they're, they're, they're doing a really amazing job, honestly. Um, and I think that they are handling their situations that they're in very well. Um, I I have no issues with with what I see in the way that you know. There are some things that they need to they need to learn how to do. They need to go and like have an independent audit every year. Um, that is really important for nonprofits to do. But they've also only been around for two years, so it's okay. Um, but you look at what they've like financially, what they're doing. I I think they're fine. I'm not in any way worried about the convention. Um, I don't think you guys are either, mm. right? Um, the the point here is nobody who's listening should not go to that con. Um, they're absolutely still committed to the cause. Um, they're absolutely still focused on making the convention as good as they possibly can and in using what they gain out of that to go and promote literacy to kids. Um, you know, yes, if you look through, like, they are very upfront about the fact that, like, Something like 32% of everything that they have made, like in actual profits, is just sitting in the bank. Um, the guy in that article accused them of having embezzled that. It's it's just in the bank. The The issue is that when you're a nonprofit, you you don't have a constant stream of income coming in. So you have to operate in this, like, well, put a lot aside at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, if you just think about it rationally, they didn't expect to grow this quickly. And and when you look at the way that they've structured Comic Book Classroom, it wasn't built to have a huge capital behind it. Um, and it seemed, I mean, he even said to us that they are, you know, looking at maybe rebranding some things and just, you know, changing the way that they um, maybe approach some of their methods. Yeah, there's nothing official there. We don't actually know anything. That's just sort of what he alluded to, which makes a lot of sense when you design this thing and then, you end up making a whole lot more money because everybody cares way more about this than you expected them to. Um, so yeah, the, the point is don't uh, don't be worried about this thing. I think that they are doing an absolutely great job. Um, I think he said that they're going to do like a um, an annual report and get that out so that everybody can really see, like take a, a little bit deeper look into exactly what they're doing with their money. Um, but just go buy your tickets at Denver Comic Con, and and I don't think it's our place to explain what it is that really happened. Um, he told us like the the basic rule of okay, this is why this happened this way. Um, it it's entirely reasonable. It's nothing to be worried about. And you can read their press release to see their yeah. official stance on it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think the big thing is he just said, hey, you know, we're learning too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so don't be worried about I, them. They're I, trying to they're doing the right thing. They just now they just have to go through this and then yeah. and then they'll come out better and stronger. It's 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 the growing pains that you go through for for a nonprofit. It, yeah, it's not that they've done anything wrong. Um it's just that something, you know, if, if I can be a little bit transparent, I think that somebody did something kind of shitty and is trying to take advantage of them um because he doesn't really understand what they're doing. Um you know that's that's totally my take not 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 a reflection of how they feel um i i will say 100% that uh sam and beth and chris and and tone and all of the guys that we know there that are high up in controlling what that convention does are all absolutely wonderful and completely dedicated to that cause uh i trust them implicitly and it's it's part of why i inherently just did not believe any of what they were saying um, so there's certainly some bias there, but when you watch somebody like Beth, who we first met because she was standing outside of a movie theater, handing out stuff about volunteering for Denver comic-con, um, a couple years ago, uh, and you, and you run into her at other conventions because on her off time, she goes and volunteers at other conventions just to keep the network going because she wants to make Denver comic-con as best of a thing as she can. Like you see those people and you mm. see the way they put their heart and, and passion into it. And you're like, no, these these people are not like 
you know, some grand criminals who are <laughs> running off with 32% of a multi-million dollar business. Like, no, it's yeah. just not happening. It's just not happening, period. So, um, yeah, go buy your tickets at Denver Comic Con and, and have some fun and, and support a cause yeah. that's going to be really worthwhile. And know your money's going to a good place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Oscars happened this week. Mm-hmm. How long do we want to talk about it? All right, all right, all right. Brad just, Brad just straight up dropped the fucking mic. Um, I'm out. James walked around with a huge erection. Whoa. <laughs> Is it time for me to go to my movie yet? Um, I, right, this was this right, was all right. I think uh, I think Ellen was really good, but I think it was really like you just look at their choices. I think they were just really fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I with one exception, they've done this two years in a row now where they haven't given best picture to the best or best director to the best picture director. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting that a movie can, and I'm I'm not pissed that Gravity didn't win Best Picture. I really don't give two shits. Um, but I think it's interesting that a movie can win um, Best Score, Best Sound Editing, Best Editing, Best Cinematography, Best Visual Effects. Uh, I think there's one more that I'm missing, and then not win Best Picture. Like mm-hmm. like you can win every other category except for writing and acting, um, and not. Oh and oh and best director that's the yeah. big one I'm missing. I it can win best director and then not win best best picture. Um, the the biggest reason why I think it's shitty when they do that because they did it last week last year to Ben Affleck is that you're basically saying like oh yeah Twelve Years a Slave that was the best movie of the year in spite of the guy who directed it who wasn't really <laughs> that good like it just it just comes off really shitty. Um, and I mean you could make the same argument for you know. Can Daniel Day Lewis really win best direct best actor if he doesn't have an amazing director working with him? Um, but I think for best picture, best director, those th- those two are very closely tied. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was whatever. Okay. Uh, I'll say it. I'm really fucking happy American Hustle didn't win a goddamn thing. I told you I wasn't going to. No, no, no. You were totally with me that you thought it was going to win best picture. I told you it was going to be Gravity. I thought Gravity was going to win. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, very last thing. Um, I guess they're going to, which we knew this was coming, they're going to make a movie out of The Last of Us. Yep. Um, What's really cool is Sam Raimi is going to produce it through his Ghost House Productions, yeah. which is his horror um, production company. Yeah. It's interesting. That I mean, makes, it is a horror game, but. Yeah. I, I think if, I would really hope that they just go tell a story that has nothing to do with Joel and Ellie. Um, I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night. I... I don't think you can tell that story as well in a movie. I think I think part of why that the story in that game is so good is because of of the interaction, like the fact that you are driving it forward yeah, yourself. But I, I just I, I think to enough people don't know it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Brad hasn't played The Last of Us, so if you make a movie based on the game, I think it could be good. I agree, and I, I th- and I hope Sam Raimi directs it. I think it'll be good. <laughs> I absolutely think that it'll be it'll be fine. I just don't think it'll impact me as much or as as the game did, and not not obviously this is impossible to prove, but not just because I love already well, you know played it. Going to end it the same way. <laughs> that's that's part of my point. But even if they did, I think that um, when you tell a story about a character that isn't always likable, but you're the person who's making those choices and is pushing that story mm-hmm. forward, I think it has a much different impact on you yeah. than when, than in a movie. And I, I it's yeah. I, th- I think they might. They'd probably have to tell it from Ellie's point of view. What? I th- I think because Joel is so dis. I mean, he's hard to like, yeah. and you're forced to like him because you have to play as him for 15 hours in the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm excited. I, I'd like. I like to see. I, I want to see a movie out of that game. Yeah. Because that's yeah. well told. I honestly, I would be fine with it, especially if they are. If it does well enough that they go and like tell other stories in that mm-hmm. universe again don't want them to fuck with those characters because i love them just too much but uh i just like that 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 universe more and unfortunately in video games it takes you know two to four years to make a a Mm. sequel um so there's a part of me that's just you know wants is uh wants to see more of that so that's cool yeah whatever hopefully it's fun at least yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna begrudge a bad movie or a, a good movie so that's the news because we already talked about Adam West. Yep. Hey, guys. This week we went and saw 300, Rise of an Empire. Brad, should people go see 300, Rise of an Empire? Man, if I had known Ava Green's boobs were going to be in it, I would have bought a 3D ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I didn't um, know she was naked in it either until I saw her beautiful breasts. 
It was awesome. It was. Um, <laughs> but the rest of the movie was meh. <laughs> Jane, should people go see 300? Um, I was really pretty bored. Uh, I feel like most of the movie, most of the scenes and characters are like from the cutting room floor of the original. Um, cause it, the original is a very lean movie and this movie is just chock full of exposition and f- action scenes that I don't find very interesting. So, um, nope. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on this movie while, uh, I agree with both you're, of you. You're somewhere between no and meh. Yeah. Ava Green plus boobs, boobs. Is really. What's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about the. It's <laughs> meh plus boobs. And the end title cards are pretty sweet. Um, but I, th- I think visually the movie's really cool. Um, I think it had stands on its own. Um, I will say this about this movie: it does suffer from no um, Spartan warriors in it. Um, hmm. And I'll tell you why. Here's the trailer for it. dream of a united Greece, Themistocles. A king. A husband. Avenge him. I fight you really quick on something? Can I tell why I feel it's <laughs> first? Why sure. Do sure, sure. No, no. No, no, you go ahead. You, um, you tell me about why the Spartans. Well, th- the reason I think the first 300 was so successful is because you had someone to rally around. Mm-hmm. In this movie, you have no one to rally around. You're like, eh, whatever. I, and I love the yeah. idea of a battle at sea. I think it's really cool. Um, I think uh, there is one thing that's distracting about the movie is they always have like dust or something falling yeah. in it. Yeah. I guess to add to the 3D effect. Probably. Um, but I, I still think it, it looks really cool. I think I think it's shot really well. I think some of the special effects are pretty amazing in it. Um, but you don't have anybody to root for, so you really don't care. Um, I think the most interesting character, besides her boobs, was Ava Green, where you know she's this warrior lady who's spurned by Greece, and so she has a. I mean, I, they should yeah. just call this three hundred revenge because yeah. everybody's whole. Uh, that's a better motivation title is revenge yeah their whole motivation in the movie is revenge every single person besides that's Xerxes but I, I don't know I often well, found myself sitting there like because there's so many people like doing uh, cookie cutter speeches to yeah. like rally people together yeah. and I was just sitting there instead of like listening to the speeches I was actually were you pret- waiting for the musical cues because I was, <laughs> I, was pre- <laughs> I did that yeah. I was pretending I was having like I was in the middle of a conversation with like two guys in the background who were listening to the, to the speech <laughs> being like 
oh god here he goes again <laughs> <laughs> like and then you know there'd be one later like is he gonna oh damn it <laughs> just and there's just yeah like i said and too the guy i mean he can only do so much i don't think he yeah. was a bad actor no but, but there's the something stakes against about, him are not no, are not stacked properly yeah and there, he didn't have like the charisma of gerard butler and right. i don't think it's really his fault i think it's just because you're right his I'm gonna say another impassioned speech, yeah. and um, and then but you just wait for the music to swell when he gets to his. Because that's what they do at this point in these movies, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just but, like as a requirement, but because none of them were ever as as simple and as cool as this is Sparta. Yeah, like all there, there is, all he needed to do was that. Yeah, there is no rally like, cry oh, cool. either. Right. You know, there's just yeah, we're gonna fight this naval war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, except for on the visual style thing, because I think. I think that the visual style in the first one is is still pretty cool, um, and maybe it's simply that we've seen a lot of like the CG blood and stuff since then. But if I compare this movie to everything we got in the Spartacus show, I think the Spartacus show does it all better. Like all of the all the gore and the and the like over the top blood effects and stuff like that all felt really cool in that show still. Whereas here, it always looked. Re- the blood always looked really cheap, like 3D yeah, effects. It me. did. And, um, and two, I think a lot of times that they run into problems with this, these kind of movies is Spartacus fully embraced that the TV show, it's over the top. Yeah. You know, if there was decapitations where blood would spew up and, and things like that, where a movie like this is still trying to sell it as this isn't, you know, a $200 million movie. So we can all, you know, we don't want to go too over the top. But then you have a sex scene with. Ava Green and the Thermocles, whatever the hell his name is. Um, <laughs> that was way over the top, yeah. That comes there and she's like, I'm going to fuck this guy just because he's such a brilliant tactician. Yeah. And you're saying, well, that also messes with her character where she was sexually abused as a yeah. slave. So why would she use sex as a weapon when she can use her brain? It doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Um, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think it's a very fine line because I think that the first movie was embracing that it was way yeah, over the top. Because the first movie's got, like, the big ogres and all that stuff, whereas this movie, I feel like it hides it. Yeah. Even, even when they do introduce things like that, they don't come at it straight ahead, they don't make it big and flashy and cool, or it's a dream. You know, like, there was... All of a sudden, they went to, like, the weird underground cre- underwater creatures, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now you're going to start giving me something weird um, that's over the top. And then it was like, oh, that's a dream, too. Or, or like, the, uh, the, um, the Cyclopses that were, like shooting oil or whatever you never really saw it like they called it that but you could have just been a big fat guy um so i i don't know it, no i mean i see i'm this is why i'm torn the movie too is i do think there's some really cool moments in it yeah um oh yeah but again i think the character's motivation isn't enough yeah there isn't quite enough and then um well, when you, you have no one to rally around when you, and i think especially when you spend the first 20 minutes of the movie first telling the backstory of a villain that's not even the fucking villain of your movie because they tell this whole backstory of Xerxes that honestly I could have done without mostly because part of why I like Xerxes in the first movie is because you can't quite pin him down. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really understand what he is. Um, and here they tell you this whole backstory and then they tell you her whole backstory and then mm-hmm. we just fight her. And so it, I think they're trying to like set up a villain for a multi-series thing, but I just don't care because it, it means that you've distracted me so far away from getting involved in the main guy that I'm supposed to care about. Yeah, well, it's interesting the movie doesn't touch on Xerxes when the uh, source material is Frank Miller's Xerxes. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Well, cause it, yeah, you're right. I think what they did was they took the origin story of him and tied it into this movie because it feels like they're going to have, they want to do a third one where it's going to be the battle with Xerxes. And yeah, um, I, I do. I mean, there's some things that I do like, um, you know, he has this bigger than life persona that Xerxes. So when he, he leaves, he's just a normal sized guy. When he comes back, he's really tall. And yeah, I, I love that perception of him that um, in my mind, he's really not that big. It's just right. who, how he portrays himself yep. when he comes back. And I, I love that kind of, uh, play on stuff and I, like i said i think the movie looks really good mm-hmm. um there's i mean everyone acts as well as they can um but i, I think the dialogue kind of lets them down um you know what i'm thinking it is i think the reason why you don't connect with that guy is that he doesn't have any friends 
like that you actually see that relationship with like like when his one friend dies you see that he yeah, is that, troubled by it but they didn't set it up that well i guess Whereas, that's my biggest problem too sorry with the movie no, is good. you know they they set up oh the son is disobeying his father like every one of these movies and then yeah Either the son or the father dies. I'm pretty sure they did it in Braveheart. I'm pretty sure they did it in in uh, <laughs> 300. fucking 300. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but because like at least uh, in the first one, you had you had his wife, and she had her whole story mm-hmm. of what she was fighting for. You know, there was all that that sort of uh, political interplay thing, and so that was also some of the motivation. And then you also had like a number like. Four or five of the guys that were his real close guys, that they were all together on screen all the time. So you really felt like they were together in this thing. Whereas most of the time, when he's like in a battle, it's just him. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of shots of just like his face with like a light blue background. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, you, know, you know, I think it suffered too from brotherhood making effect. lots of callbacks to the first one. I understand it's happening at the same time, but I really felt it was weird yeah. that the only time you saw Gerard Butler was that he was dead or as a flashback to the other thing. Yeah. Because was even, I the only one who saw his face on like one of the people fighting in yeah, Sparta? Yeah, no, they like, did. It's like a CG, it's CGI yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if this guy is such a great warrior and Leonidas respects warriors, wouldn't he want to like talk to him at least? Or the queen would make all the decisions for him. Like some of the things was just was bizarre. Like, oh, we couldn't get Jar Butler in this movie. Let's find a way to get it, it so we don't have to put him in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still thought it looked cool. Should we um, show people a scene so they can get a sense of what oh, the dialogue's yeah, sh- like? Yeah, sure. I'm sure. This, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and play a scene of them doing some rally cry. This is either going to be Gogola or that other Thermocles fucking <laughs> grease fucker. <laughs> This Themistocles has shown himself to be quite brilliant in battle. Which is more than I can say for any of you. Do you gentlemen find my command unreasonable? Is it too much to ask for victory? For though I stand among ten thousand, I am alone. I long for a soul who would stand by my side. your victory by the day's end. I will make certain of it. I hope so. Did you guys feel rallied now? <laughs> Not terribly. Remember that part where um, Thermocles or whatever is <laughs> sitting on the... on the... Do, you know, do you remember his name? What is his name? Th- Thermopolis? Thermopolis. Thermometer. Is the, thermometer. He's, the, he's thermometer, thermometer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was thermometer. Yeah. Uh, so he just got defeated... Uh, for the first time in this story, and he's sitting on the beach, and the the, the dialogue he has is, I was sitting there, and I could see the Aegean Sea uh, run red with the blood of my brothers. Like, obviously, it's blood. Like, <laughs> from a writer's standpoint, it's just excessive yeah, oh, dialogue. Yeah, totally. it totally mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I st- yeah, I just remember that. Well, I mean... How- like, you could stop at red. I get it. <laughs> it's not just... It's not just, it just magically be red. I know it's the blood of your colleagues there. You talked about the frustration of it when they would call back to the first movie, mm-hmm. but do you remember the the section where they call back to? Er- it's one of my biggest pet peeves in movies is when they call back to earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. where uh, as if we forgot oh, where yeah, they yeah. where they did the they replayed almost the entire sequence of him shooting the arrow at the oh, dude yeah. uh, at the king at the beginning, and it, when it when they shot when they did it at first, I thought it was just going to be a quick thing, and then it just kept going, and I was like, holy shit. You really thought we forgot. <laughs> like, you really thought that, like, an hour ago was that long. You you must have really thought, like, your movie's really boring and that we were just blacked <laughs> out. Um, yeah, I hate that. I it's hate so that funny so you bad. say that. I've been playing Epic Mickey 2, yeah. and uh, you can't turn the subtitles off, and it sucks, like, during the cutscenes. Yeah. Um, and it'll say... Um, it's, it'll say Mickey, and then he'll say, it'll say something, and it happened in the first thing, and he'll say... Oh boy, Oswald! I don't know. And it, it had beat. If we should continue, so whoever did the translation or the subtitles put in the voice acting directions. Notes. Yeah. Oh wow. Because it even say Oswald laughing maniacally. 
what? <laughs> Someone yeah. just copied and pasted. Exactly. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's a good thing that I know that Mickey waited a beat before he said that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally on the screen for me. Wow. Well, maybe some kid who's playing Epic Mickey 2 so he, what does a beat mean in a script? Oh, it means pause. So yeah, that was 300, Rise of an Empire. See it or don't, rent it. <laughs> I guess I guess we're saying rent it. Uh, yeah, especially if you like the first one. Like, yeah. I, mean, oh, I don't know. It, it's don't clearly know. it's made for 3D. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Visually, it's it, everything you see is like queued up for 3D. So, I guess if you watch it at home from Redbox, you're not going to get that experience. So I don't know if you should. No. Like I think. I guess if you like oh, 3D you're, action so you're, movies, you're not saying go see it in 3D. You're saying if you're not going to go see it in 3D because it's not very good, don't see it at all. Maybe, yeah. I'm saying, like, if you want to see it, 3D is probably what you should be seeing it as. Uh, I'm I'm not on board with that. No, I I I'm on board with Brad. I think because they do have a lot of like shooting at the screen. Yeah, as a 2D movie, it's a generic like mm-hmm. knockoff of the original. So like you can so the see only, it or not. So the only reason I should go see it is because there's like weird stuff going at my eyes. And like, Ava Green's probably boobs are probably in 3D. So. Oh, yeah. All right, okay, all right, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Okay, but no, just like. That yeah. The draw of it, saying, what yeah. makes under- it stand out is that it's all these shots are made for 3D. So, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I yeah. don't think the movie is good enough that like, I I want the movie to be compelling on its own, and then if you've got some cool CG to add onto it, mm. okay, or 3D to add onto it, cool. But if I'm only going for 3D, like I already don't care that much about 3D, so it's not much of a sell. Well, that's what I'm saying. We found out that it's not compelling, so the only reason to see it now is for is the if 3D. you like the 3D. <laughs> so Brad says, give him more money. So <laughs> yeah, this movie is this movie is really meh, but boobs. So give them lots of money. Yeah, I'd see it again so I could pause on Ava Green's boobs. <laughs> you know, my my Blu-ray player has a zoom-in feature, so I could just. Like, move over to the scene, just single her out, take a photo of it. What happened to that function? I had it on my first DVD player. Mm-hmm. And now... The Zoom, yeah. Yeah, I don't think... It's on my Blu-ray. Hmm. I haven't used it, but I know it's on there. Haven't used it, he says. <laughs> Word out. <laughs> he, explained to us, he explained to us exactly how to use it, but he's never done it. Uh, next week, we're seeing Veronica Mars. Yeah. Well, I'll be seeing... Grand Budapest. You guys have seen Veronica Mars next week. Uh, no, but it's at the Esquire. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe I'll see both. It comes out to the Alamo on the twenty-first, but I'm not going to wait that long. Cool. I cool. will. So we'll have two movies. What comes out the twenty-first? Muppets. Muppets. Oh, I didn't know the Muppets was that soon. And I think we'll have wow. a guest that week. I don't want a fucking guest. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. No guest. Just kidding. If you want to come on Real Nerds Podcast, hit us up on Facebook, email us. Yeah. We will fit you in. Your butt. Ew. But you said butt. Well, Brad needs to go to the Esquire to see Big Trouble in Little China, so we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.